Welcome to the Chill Gill Thrill. I'm your host, Gillian Seed83, coming to you live from the Chromatic Ribbon. Ladies and gentlemen, this is breaking news. This could potentially be the most important thing going on right now in the internet sphere, aka Twitter, aka trending in the hashtags as we speak in 29 is block Mr. Peanut. Why? Why do you say the hashtag 29 is block Mr. Peanut? Well, not everyone's excited about planners Mr. Peanut mascot replacement Peanut Jr. Who's it celebrating his 21st birthday today and also running the number 10 spot in the United States trends on Twitter with the hashtag make my birthday nuts. So apparently the old Mr. Peanut has been laid to rest. He has been put out to peanut pasture and we wish him well and may he rest in peace. Now, according to the people, the great people of America, of the United States of America, that, that is important. That's important stuff going on. But let's be real here. That's a promoted, a promoted tweet. So, you know, what's going on? What's up is down. What was peanut is peanut butter. And sometimes if you throw jelly on that, you get a sandwich. So, what I'm trying to say is pigs, while they are not flying yet, may appear to do so later this year because things are getting awfully crazy, people. Things are getting really weird. So hold on, buckle up, and keep all fingers, arms, legs, toes in the upright position. And don't forget your oxygen mask because we're getting into a very crazy episode of the Chill Gill Thrill. After a one week, I think it was a one week hiatus. It's been a week and man, it sucks. I have not had a chance to sit down and record new content, let alone really much time to sit down and plot out some new content uh, for this week's episode or this one of this week's episode. Because I'm hoping to get like two or three a week, guys. But it's just... It's been a struggle to get studio time. I'll just leave it at that. It's been a real challenge to get studio time. And so here we are. This is episode five or four, something like that. I'm sure I'll get it right in the title. So uh, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's move right along into the first segment. from about two dozen members and supporters of the Sons of Confederate Veterans. Regardless how the next person feels, 
I'm not gonna take my flag down. If I got thing to do with it, ain't no monument gonna come down. Daniel Sims says he was adopted as a child. My whole family's white. Went to all white school, grew up in all white neighborhood. My grandfather was white and he was the main one that fought in this war here. And he's taught me everything I know. He explains how he'd feel if the statues and flag were relocated. It may make my blood boil if they just come up here and feel like they can just tear it down. I don't see me still living if they do that right there. That monument ain't hurting nobody. That monument ain't killing my soul. It ain't talking bad to nobody. It ain't It ain't, it ain't even racist. But Dunstan says she's confident her group will be successful in getting the flag and mon. <laughs> Their names Alabama has some opposition <laughs> from a oh man okay so the reason why I'm playing uh, this clip is because uh, I, I got on Twitter a little bit ago and Dave Chappelle uh, one of the best greatest comedians in the world Dave Chappelle by the way shout out um, he was trending or is currently trending on Twitter and uh that was a, a just a little news clip from a WHNT nineteen news, wherever that is. I'm I'm assuming this is uh, from Alabama. I heard Alabama get mentioned. Um, so that gentleman that you just heard speaking, he's a black guy who is uh, dressed head to toe in red. He's wearing a hat uh, with you know the the the, the Confederate flag, uh, and uh, he's um, I guess boycotting the. Uh, Removal or relocation of a flag uh, and a monument. And I just think it's funny to me because if you guys remember, uh, Dave Chappelle had a show on Comedy Central years ago. Um, man, I recall watching this in like 2004, 2005. So, yeah, you're like, yeah, it's like 15 years old, this show. And uh, for any of my younger listeners out there, I highly re I highly recommend you look up uh, the Chappelle Show because it is it is hilarious. It is it's great. It's one hundred percent comedy gold. It it's really really good. And um, so there was an episode where Dave Chappelle played a blind black KKK leader. So he was blind, and I guess he was brought up, you know, in, in the story, he's brought up uh, amongst a bunch of white supremacist KKK members, and they don't even tell him that he's black. So he grows up thinking that he's white. He grows up to lead the KKK, and um, the whole episode is played out like a uh, 60 Minutes episode, you know, like w investigative reporting. And um, so... Wow, 2020, 2020, that was basically like uh, the universe winking at us saying, here's your real life Clayton Bigsby. Um, the, the, it's just, can it get any more ridiculous? Well, as a matter of fact, it can because on the other side of the United States right now on the West Coast, um, ex-Jackass star Steve-O is currently duct taped uh, to the side of a billboard. Um, and he is, uh, Trina, let's check this out. A uh, little, uh, little uh, you know, a little, little uh, let's see if I can get a little sound clip from him real quick. Everybody, so I've been up on this billboard, duct taped, for uh, an hour and a half now, a little more. It's 
starting to get kind of sore. There are some cops over there, but they say uh, they're not sure that I'm committing any crimes. I don't think so. I paid for the billboard, man. Um, and uh, I really want to assure everybody this has been professionally rigged and safe. So uh, hopefully nobody gets too upset, and hopefully the whole world gets the message about what I'm up here promoting. Swipe up to check it out. It's super crucial to me. Uh, thanks so much, everybody. We'll see how long I stay up here. Uh, if they let me, I'm thinking... Okay, so he uh, he's uh, duct tape and live streaming. Uh, according to some, somebody in the uh, in the hashtags said that he was uh, actually live streaming the whole experience on YouTube right now. Um, I'm not going to bother checking it out. You guys can. Um, it'll, be, it'll be old hat, obviously, by the time this reaches you because this isn't... Uh, this is pre-recorded. This isn't streamed live, but just cool. That's cool. That's a that that that's the kind of stuff you know that that I like to see. Well, maybe not so much this the the black guy, uh, the the racist Confederate. I don't. I'm like not into the pol the politics. I, I'm just into the uh, the absurdity. The absurdity, and it, and it, I think it's just a joke to everybody. Uh, if you if you actually look at the 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 Twitter posts, so you know whatever. It, the guy was brought up white. If I mean, if everything is you know to be believed, what he that that guy said, he was brought up. Well, I mean, he, how would he know any different, right? Uh, you're you're a product of your environment, to a degree. To a degree, people are products of their environment, but I I just uh man, that was that was funny. That was funny. But if I had to vote for the better of the two clips, I'm gonna give it to Stevo. I mean, come on, duct taping yourself to the side of a billboard to promote your comedy special, um, that's a that that's a very Stevo jackass thing to do, and uh, very punk rock, and I. I uh 100% promote uh Steve-O. Go you go get those dollars, man. I mean, talking about a person who's put their body through hell to to make a living, that there's a guy who's done it. All right, so I want to get into some some great stuff right off the bat. Um I just seen an article yesterday. Uh it was uh on the mirror and uh Let's see, this was written by Shivali Best, uh, published August 12th at 12.13 p.m. The headline reads, Intelligent aliens will be found within our lifetimes, a scientist claims. Dr. Garrick Israelian, founder of Starmus Festival, believes that aliens could be found in the next few decades, adding that the discovery will shake humanity. Obviously says, scientists will find intelligent aliens within our lifetimes, a renowned scientist has claimed. Dr. Garrick, Israelian founder of Starmus Festival, believes that aliens could be found in the next few decades, adding that the discovery will shake humanity. Speaking to the sun, he said, I think we will discover intelligent life in our lifetime. At least we will find clear signatures 
evidence of life that have come from intelligent life. It's the kind of discovery that will shake humanity. It would be quite interesting for science, but I think it would make us realize life is such an incredible thing. We'd be we'd better take care of what we're doing on our own planet. Wow, NASA's Perseverance rover launched to Mars at the end of last month, and Dr. Israelian claims that it has around a 10% chance of finding microbes on the red planet. He explained Perseverance has a 10% chance of... All these double quotes in this article. So yeah, um, just it's on a daily basis almost, people. I mean, it's just aliens, 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 aliens. And it's it's really cool. I hope so. I really hope I get to see them in my lifetime. I want to see the spacecraft, the tech. Um, I mean, if it would be possible to uh, book a vacation to their home planet, I you know, I want to be first in line for that. Uh, yeah, bring it on. You know, if there's uh, any aliens that, that hear this, uh, any, any extraterrestrials, uh, you know, hit me up, hit me up, uh, on my Twitter at, uh, Gillian underscore seed 83. And, uh, you know, you'll have to follow me. So then we can, uh, get into each other's DMS and, uh, you know, plan a, uh, plan a trip to your planet. I'm, uh, I'm ready to go with that. Let's, I got a few other great stories that I, uh, have been saving up over the past few days. I haven't, I haven't forgot about the podcast. I just got really, uh, really, uh, man, I've been playing Fortnite a lot, but well, I'll get to, I'll get to that at the end, at the end of this episode. I don't want to get into that right now. So let's see here. This next one, uh, that's, you know, we're already on aliens. So let's segue to this article from, this is from five days ago in the express <coughs> sorry uh ufo sighting white pillar alien spotted over warsaw so like i said this was in the express and ufo watchers have bizarrely announced an alien craft has been spotted over poland's capital warsaw in new amateur photographs Alien life conspiracy theorist Scott Waring took to his etdatabase.com blog to speculate about the amateur images found on social media site Facebook. He said a white pillar-shaped UFO was seen in the sky over Warsaw, Poland, two weeks ago. The object, which was seen during the day, really stands out, but has taken a white appearance to match the clouds that is that it probably will hide within. This strange shaped UFO is tall, thicker on the bottom, thin on its top, with a single arm coming out. It just looks like a a cloud to me. I mean, as usual, these photographs are not laser focused and the object is so small in relation to the rest of the photograph, that it, it's just, you know, maybe I'm not, I, I am not looking at a, a very big picture, but I don't know. 
I don't know. It probably is. And that would, I mean, it would be uh, smart to have craft that visually could hide among the clouds, I suppose. But uh, by the point that you have the technology that you can just kind of, you know, dart around the sky at will and almost kind of blink in and out of reality, uh, you would think that you could just cloak like, uh, you know, the, uh, the Klingons or the, uh, the Predators. You know, I forget what, what species the uh, Predators are called. I know they're not called Predators uh, for all you geeks out there. Uh, but, uh, you know, like, I do know that the alien, you know, Ridley Scott's alien, I know that is a xenomorph. But I uh, forget what they uh, call the Predators. I knew, I knew it one time. So what I just read was mostly all quotes from the guy, and he uh, continues with, This is absolutely a UFO, watching over Poland, possibly with the intentions of understanding how the Polish are dealing with both coronavirus and Poland's aggressive neighbor Russia. However, closer examination of the viral photograph from Poland indicates the object in question may simply be a man-made plane or weather balloon. The alleged alien object is therefore instead yet another case of periodolia. P-A-R-E-I-D-O-L-I-A. This is a form of apophenia, an effect causing people to see recognizable shapes and patterns where they do not exist. Okay, so I've heard of both those terms before, but I just, off the top of my head, I cannot remember how to pronounce them. U.S.-based space agency NASA said periodelia or dolia is the psychological phenomenon where people see recognizable shapes in clouds, rock formations, or otherwise unrelated objects or data. There are many examples of this phenomenon on Earth and in space. Waring proceeds to explain how the latest so-called UFO report is significantly reminiscent of a similar incident allegedly witnessed by a NASA astronaut more than 60 years ago. In June 1965, Major James McDivitt was reported as to have filmed and photographed an object approaching NASA's Gemini 4 capsule in orbit over Earth. That's new to me. I, I no. Waring wrote, the UFO had a long arm sticking out of it. Major James McDivitt was reportedly quoted as saying, many times I was flying with Ed White. He was sleeping at the time, so I don't have anybody to verify my story. We were drifting in space with the control engines shut down and all the instrumentation off when suddenly an object appeared in the window. It had a very definite shape, a, cend- a cendrilical object. It was white, and it had a long arm that stuck out on the side. I don't know whether it was a very small object up close or a very large object a long way away. There was nothing to judge by. I really don't know how big it was. We had two cameras that were just floating in the spacecraft at the time, so I grabbed one and took a picture of the object and grabbed the other and took a picture Then I turned on the rocket control systems because I was afraid we might hit it. At the time, we were drifting without checking. I have no idea which way we were going, but as we drifted up a little farther, the sun shone on the window of the spacecraft. The windshield was dirty, just like 
in an automobile. You can't see through it. So I had the rocket engine, rocket control engines going again and moved the spacecraft so that the window was in darkness again. The object was gone. I called down later and told them what had happened and they went back and checked the records of the space debris that was flying around, but we were never able to identify what it could have been. The film was sent back to NASA and reviewed by some NASA film technicians. One of them selected what he thought was what we talked about, at least before I had a chance to review it. It was not the picture. It was a picture of a sun reflection on the window. So I think I think that's it. it. The article just cuts off there. So that was a quote. Okay, so there are two similar stories in the object. And I love how that story ends with NASA getting sent the film, which I'm sure was destroyed with all the uh, proof that we landed on the moon. But, you know, that's that's a whole other can of worms, right? It's just that darned NASA and losing all that film and footage. So, moving right along. I saw this article the other day that I thought was really cool. It was, uh, in, it's in Mashable in their uh, culture section. The last Blockbuster store is now on Airbnb for a nostalgic 90s sleepover. The 90s Live On in Bend, Oregon by Tim Marson. It's from August 11th. Remember Blockbuster? The new release aisle. The strange sweet musk. Candy and carpet and cardboard. The impossibility of choosing just one movie. Well now, with a little luck, you may be able to experience that nostalgia-filled rush overnight. The last blockbuster in existence is now on Airbnb and is available to rent. Problem is, you've got to be located in Deschutes County, where the last ever blockbuster is located in Bend, Oregon. Sandy Harding, the store's manager, is offering three one-night reservations in September as a way to thank her local community. In, appreci in appreciation for all that the local community has recently done to support the last of its kind during these uncertain times, this end-of-summer sleepover will offer movie lovers in Deschutes County the chance for a 90s-themed stay to relive the bygone Friday night tradition just as we remember it read the press release. Deschutes County residents can reserve a stay starting August 17th for just $4 on September 18th, 19th, and 20. That's just a penny more than a movie rental. Guests will have the entire place to themselves. It'll be cleaned according to COVID-19 standards, and the candy is up for grabs. Just look at this sweet setup, and it it is really cool. It's uh, like they took half a Blockbuster out, uh, knocked all the shelves out, so you got like half of it. Looks like the blockbuster with uh, you know, the shelf full of movies and everything. The lights are obviously all subdued, so it looks more like a dimly lit uh, living room. It's got a couch. Uh, you got a couple end tables, lamps. Uh, the TV even appears to be fairly old, and it looks like it's in four three aspect ratio, which I find very interesting, as it's like they are really going for the nineties the 90s look so yeah that's like a legit 4-3 aspect ratio because yeah i don't think you could get 16-9 in the 90s which is the current the current aspect ratio guys is close to 16-9 and most of your uh current flat panel tvs are actually you know your flat panel tvs going back 
all the way as far back as to uh, 2008, I think, was the first time I got it. It was a 32-inch Sony Bravia 720p that was considered high definition, you know. Which, I mean, 720p is, I guess, it's still considered high definition, but your your true high definition is your 1080p, and then, of course, your, you know, your uh, ultra-high definition would be your 4K, which would be a, you know, 4K Blu-ray. So, but 1080p still looks amazing. Uh, you know, for instance, on my 11-inch iPad Pro, uh, when I download purchased movies, there's a caveat. You can only watch 4K if you're streaming. Um, so it actually is only uh, 1080p if you're watching it like off your actual local storage. So yeah, so it's 1080p. On this 11-inch screen, it looks great. I'd imagine even on the 12.9, it would look amazing. And uh, a lot of that has to do with uh, the... 120 hertz screen that's able to scale itself back to 24 frames per second which is the frame rate of 90 percent of all you know actual theatrical film is uh recorded in 24 frames a second for uh those of you who are not cinephiles so with the ability to do that combined with uh its hdr uh standards it meets hdr standards it goes up to uh, 600 nits which is pretty amazing uh, for reference, my Acer 4K 60 hertz monitor uh, from that I bought two summers ago, uh, it goes to like three 350 nits, I think. So yeah, this thing can you know blaze up 600 nits. Uh, it's got the P3 wide color gamut. What? Why am I doing this, Apple? Are you going to send me a Magic Keyboard and a Magic Pencil for constantly trying to hawk your new iPad? I've got way off subject there. Back to this uh, this Best Buy thing. They have a couple that, uh, that looks like they have a Optimus DVD, uh, you know, five disc changer or whatever, three disc changer. And they also have a Sony VCR. So, I mean, they, they have this thing legit. And then they have uh, a rack of snacks with Doritos. Uh, oh, man, all the goods, the nerds. The uh, those uh, Boston beans, uh, raisinets, crunch bars, laffy taffy, gobstoppers, lemon heads, uh, juji fruits, that, and uh, yeah, wow, man, I wish I could go to that. And it looks on this picture that somebody parked a DeLorean outside. It looks like I believe that might be a DeLorean parked out front of it. It's just showing the front of the car. It's either that. It could be like a Toyota or something. It's something. It's like, it's four lug. So it could be a Honda, Toyota, and I don't know. Maybe the DMCs were actually uh, five lug, not four. So I don't know. It's gray. And it, I don't think it's a DeLorean. Um, so, yeah, I guess you have to be a resident. So this is pretty pretty irrelevant to most people. So... That's crazy. Vanity Fair has an article on how Jeffrey Epstein ensnared Prince Andrew in his sex trafficking operations. So I wonder if that's a pro Prince Andrew. I'm not even going to get into that. I'm not even going to get into that. This is this is not the podcast for Epstein. But for the record, dude is a crook. I mean, Epstein's a crook. You know, I have no doubts that the conspiracies are <laughs> probably 
you know, pretty close to spot on, you know, that's, that's all I'll say about that. Like, yeah, definitely not trying to be, you know, look here, look there. That's just, just some deep, dark crap that plenty of, uh, podcasts are covering a lot of good ones a lot of good journalistic podcasts like i mean that i consider good journalistic podcasts like uh the o obdm odbm i feel bad odbm no it's obdm the obdm podcast is uh is really cool it's uh it's ran by a guy who goes by the name of midnight mike and uh his buddy uh joe who is joe is a gay dude and uh, and that's cool. That's awesome. Those two together are an excellent combination, and both of their personalities play very well off of each other. And I think that uh, they have a really good show. Mike kind of keeps a more with the lighthearted and the and the aliens and the conspiracy. And Joe keeps it on. You know, he he likes to do a lot of the you know the political things. But 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 those are not exclusive to each other they both have their opinions on all um all all the things that they cover but um yeah if anybody is listening to me and they like any of the weird stuff that i talk about then they would i would think that they would probably like uh obdm so you know but there again if there's any listeners out there that that are drawn political lines then you know i don't know because i don't know i I don't personally listen to any podcasts that don't seem to have you know some sort of political leaning um but i i just i i don't i don't get into um podcasts that are political that don't have like i guess a conspiracy twist on it you know like sam tripoli he is a comedian who does Tinfoil Hat podcast, which is conspiracy, but he also uh, pays attention to current uh, U.S. politics and world politics and geopolitical stuff, too. Um, and uh, he's got an opinion for sure. But, you know, he's a known celebrity. He can afford to uh, to talk about that kind of stuff and take that kind of loss. And to me, it's just, you know, that's just not what I'm trying to do with this podcast at all. So... You know, that's why I want to, like, talk about cool stuff, like the uh, this uh, last Blockbuster thing, you know? It's a lot, a lot more laid back around here. We are, we're not trying to, you know, we're not trying to save the world over here in the chromatic ribbon. We are just uh, taking things as they come by. And, yeah, if if something hits a headline that is hugely political... And I feel strongly about it. I, I'm probably gonna talk about it, but you know that my thing is is as a recovering drug addict. Not you know that that's, I guess you know maybe that's my excuse for everything. Fuck it. But that I have to try to distill so much focus to myself and to better myself that. I don't have a lot of time to keep up on like on the cutting edge of politics. Even though I will say that this more so than ever in my life am I paying attention to uh current politics. But I mean, when I was, you know, deep into the opiates and uh you know, that was like kind of off and on for 10 years and you know, when I was deep into it, you know, 
know, I didn't really, you know, I didn't know a whole lot of anything that was going on, you know, because you, you dedicate, when you're a junkie, you dedicate so much time and focus to making sure you don't run out of that drug. It's like so all-consuming of the mind. It's and it's it's very detrimental to the mind, by the way. It's 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 terrible. It's terrible for uh for your psyche and your cognition because your brain just learns to rely on such single-minded simple tracked stuff and it, and it's so all-consuming of your bandwidth that you just you know, it it dumbs you. It dumbs you up. It dumbs you up. You know, I've been off of it f- since spring 2017. So for three years now, I've been you know no fentanyl, no heroin, and you know it's it's getting better. It's definitely getting better. I don't seem I don't feel as burnt out as I did three years ago when I was first clean off of it. You know, so I mean the human brain is an amazing thing, and and new connections can be formed. Here's the the thing that I feel like is kind of a, holding me back is where I'm located, I don't have it, like any kind of access to psychedelic mushrooms, to psilocybin mushrooms. And I've been very inter- interested in going on a microdose regimen, you know, where you do, I think it's like four days on, one or two days off, four days on one or two days off. And that's a, a huge thing in Silicon Valley. Uh, it was actually, it was a, it was a huge thing already. I think a, a few years ago, it seems like in Silicon Valley, but now it's, you know, bigger than ever. You can download an app on your phone that helps you to track your microdoses, And it reports back to the scientists that are collecting uh, data to, you know, help, you know, push this, pro-psychedelic agenda, you know, along to the forefront. Because, I mean, man, Big Pharma's thrown us all through a fucking loop and has just fucking made us all nuts. I used to work at a uh, a factory, a car factory. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm not going to even, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say, say the name of the factory because ju- just in case, for some reason, this podcast would actually reach a bunch of listeners. I don't want to set myself up to get in any kind of legal trouble. Um, so, but I'll, I will say that, you know, when I, uh, oh man, hold on. I, I just kind of give me a second to, uh, think about what I was, uh, going to say about the car plant that I was making parts at. Holy cow. I just totally Ugh. I'll come back to it. I'll come back to that. Because uh I just I want to keep this going. Um Hmm. I can't believe I just completely lost track of my train of thought and I was getting ready to go somewhere with the the car thing. Uh let's see. I was talking about the psychedelics. I was talking about the app and I was talking about the car thing, but the, what did the car plant have anything to do with it? Why can I not make that connection right now? It's boggling my mind. I just totally blipped out on what I was thinking about. But anyway, who cares about the car plant? Uh, the uh, the psychedelic the psychedelic studies that are going on right now that is uh, 
that's that's a big deal. And I wish I could get in on that. And uh, apparently, I uh, cannot. Not not right now. Not 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 easily. Not legally. I haven't even you know. I'll be quite honest. Like not even illegally. Uh, to you know, I just I haven't had the opportunity to uh, have psilocybin mushrooms since 2005. So we're talking 15 years ago. And 15 years ago was well beyond before, you know, by five years before I started having a problem with opiates and started fucking around with opiates, pain pills, Oxycontin, Percocet, Vicodin, that, that kind of stuff. I didn't really start getting into that until around 2008, 2009. So, so but anyway... Um, the the mushrooms the reason why i'm interested in them is for their ability to help basically the simplest way to put it i'd say is to help reprogram the mind to help give the mind a reset um and you know i've heard that these magic mushrooms have been able to fix people that have way worse psychological problems you know than than I've ever had to deal with and and hopefully ever will have to deal with and the, and it's able to do wonders for them so I just feel like with my my situation and my my uh, personal mental issues I, I really do believe that uh magic mushrooms a a a, a you know a, a a regulated regimen and you know a doctor prescribed you know so I knew the proper amounts and the schedule to take them and you know yeah I, I would 100% uh, sign up for any kind of uh, ability to do that 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 would be fantastic um so I'm going to transition now over to I can't believe I cannot remember what the fuck I was talking about and why I veered off into that car plant, I was about to drop a nugget, something cool, but it just slipped my mind, you know, hashtag ADHD, right? Um, let's see, the CIA has found no evidence that the Chinese government has uh, accessed any TikTok data, which that's good. They've concluded that there's no evidence that they have. Um, that was uh, according to the New York Times. The New York Times reported that. And this is a Forbes article written by Rachel Sandler, part of the Forbes staff, August 8th. Uh, I'm just going to read you the key facts. CIA analysts concluded that it is possible for China to siphon off data from TikTok since it's owned by Chinese tech firm ByteDance. But there is no evidence they have done so, according to the New York Times. Okay, the next key fact is the Trump administration hasn't accused China of already taking TikTok data on U.S. users, but has instead warned that China could potentially track the locations of federal employees, build dossiers, dossiers of personal information for blackmail, and conduct corporate, corporate espionage with TikTok data if it wanted to. So that brings up key fact three. U.S. lawmakers are particularly concerned about a 2017 law that mandates Chinese companies support, assist, and cooperate with the state intelligence work in accordance with the law. And the final key fact, Senator Mark Warner, uh, DVA, said 
Friday that TikTok is a problem but isn't as urgent a threat as Huawei, a Chinese company that makes telecom equipment for 5G networks. So things are kind of continuing to heat up uh, between the U.S. and China, and, and not just in the most overt ways, but all this, you know, all this tech stuff, man. All this tech stuff that's going on right now. I just, I really feel like this, uh, this uh, next decade is going to be intense. It's going to be intense. Um, it's going to be crazy. going to be interesting. You know, wow. Just wow. Stuff's, I just got a lot of, a lot of, a lot of stuff bouncing around the brain right now. That's gotten me just kind of wowing out. So I covered that little thing, that little nugget, the uh, CIA thing. So I can unsave that story. And what was a, maybe I'll throw out a little mention of the old dangerous drug has made a com- comeback with a new generation of users. Um, it's uh, the drug GBH, GHB or GBH? I'm, I'm going to uh, yeah, GHB, gamma hydroxybutyric acid, or GHB, is making a comeback as a new generation of recreational users rediscover it through online marketplaces. Um, so GHB is naturally found in the human body, but uh, we started being able to synthesize it back in I don't know, sixties or seventies. I don't know. It was a problem apparently twenty years ago. And so what the deal is, is they, they've had GHB outlawed for a long time, but now there's, there's another chemical. There's actually a couple chemicals that you can take that when you take it, your body will just turn it into GHB and you're supposed to get the same effects anyways. And the one that is popular right now that's still going around is called BDO and it's marketed as a cleaner and it's supposed to be only, you know, for commercial use, but they've found loopholes to sell it online to people. Uh, and there's been people who have gotten arrested. Uh, there's, you know, you can look into GHB. Uh, there was also a mention how it is being disproportionately uh, abused by the uh, gay and LGBTQ uh, community. Um, so, yeah, making a comeback. Um because of its ease, uh, the ease of acquiring it online. And we're not even talking about dark web or anything. Just, you know, it was uh, available on Amazon until this article got posted. And, uh, you know, it's start now, now something will be done because it's like everybody's hearing about it. If I'm hearing about it, I guess everybody's hearing about it because I'm always the last to hear about anything. Uh, let's see. What do I got? What else? I know I got I got a few more things I want to cover. And then I probably need to upload this clip. Because uh, I'm already on 21 minutes right now. 21 minutes without a clip. Uh, in case that doesn't make sense to you, when I uh, record my podcast on Anchor, I'll do, you know, say I talk 10, 15 minutes, find a good uh, stopping point, then I hit stop, upload it, and then just kind of piece my uh, my my episodes together like that. I don't I don't do like Joe Rogan where I just go in there, hit boom, you go. It's you got to go with it and just go for 2 3 hours. I th- that's what I intend to do whenever I have a guest. That's what, like I'm trying to work out the get the guest thing. I have a few uh friends that I'm 
I just I need them to download the Anchor app and we can get started. It'd be just as simple as a Discord call, which I do, you know, with friends sometimes, you know, talk to them on Discord or Facebook, uh, Facebook Messenger, you know, you can do voice calls through that. So it's like, hey, you guys, you know who you are, you know, I know one of you for sure hears this and I know you uh, are already going to be doing it with me. But I'm actually talking about the other dude who probably won't hear this. I don't think he listens to my podcast at all. I don't think he listens to podcasts at all, period. Um, he's a funny guy, though, and I want to get him on here. I mean, he, he's a little he's a little risque. He's a, you know, he, he, he might actually say some shit that I might have to go back and edit out. Like he, he's, he's a knucklehead him, but he, I feel like, you know, for one, I can't keep doing this and make it what I want it to be. If it's just me monologuing all the time. Um, I, I feel like that I'm a lot more capable and can make this a more enjoyable, uh, and hopefully more popular podcast by, you know, bringing another voice into it. I just, I want two minds to be bouncing thoughts back and forth off of each other, basically. And I can't, I just can't keep doing this uh, because my subconscious procrastinates then. And, and I feel like, like, I'm not getting tired of making this podcast. I just, it's very hard to sit down and hit record and just keep the conversation flowing, you know? And it, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hovering around, according to Anchor, an average audience of five. And I know it's not supposed to be about how many followers you got or anything like that. Or anything. But, you know, you, you like to, I feel like, at least get, you know, if I had an audience of 100, I would be like, damn, there's like actually 100 people who actually want to listen to what I have to say. Like, I, I feel like that would be a lot more motivational. Not that I don't have enough motivation to do this podcast because this is exactly what I what I want to do anyways. And I already came into this uh, thinking that, there, you know, there's a good chance that this could become a product that just uh, gets listened to past the point of being relevant. And so I don't see how it would. And that's why, you know, I don't know. How I feel about just always with the current topics and stuff like that. But I guess it's one of those things that if I keep trying to be an online presence and I do become more of an online presence in the future, then people, you know, that are really into my content might just be like digging down a rabbit hole and follow it all the way back to here at the humble beginnings. And I hope I'm not eating my words 10 years from now and, and like totally gave up after this episode. Because that's absolutely not going to happen. Um, what do we got next? Got the old dangerous drug, the old GHB. Uh, I got a Tesla designer that reinvented the t- chocolate chip. Um, breaking news, according to Futurism. If it ain't broke, spend millions of dollars fixing it anyway. It's a common rallying cry of the Silicon Valley entrepreneurial spirit. And Tesla senior industrial designer Remy Labesque is heeding the call with his new weirdly high-tech chocolate chips. That's right. In his spare time, Labesque works for the chocolate chip startup Dandelion Chocolate, which Business Insider reports was founded in 2010 after tech entrepreneur Todd Masonis sold at least $150 million worth of Comcast stock. It's hard to imagine that the chocolate chip was screaming for an update. 
but Lebesque went ahead anyway and redesigned a chip that's supposedly ideal for baking. Monoculture cookies. Lebesque's handiwork turned the iconic droplet-shaped chip into a sleek, uniform polygon that the company says will melt more quickly while baking. The design, in Business Insider reports, can also be mass-produced rather than pipetted by hand, which, come to think of it, is probably something that chocolate manufacturers delegated to industrial machines a long time ago anyway. But hey, chalk one up for sleek designs. High stakes. Look, it would go against brand for us here at Futurism.com to stand in the way of progress, but in this, but is this the Silicon Valley innovation that the world really needed? Does it matter? Does anyone besides this guy really have a stake in flatter, more uniform, meltier chocolate? If your biggest complaint about chocolate chip cookies is that they just aren't uniform enough, we come bearing great news. There is someone who isn't spending their brain power and enormous resources considering literally everything else, any of the other things in the world that aren't uniform enough, like, say, healthcare, and they are thinking about your cookies. Enjoy your blood cookies. I don't even know how to take the uh, last part of that, but I have a feeling that that is a political jab at someone. Just, just, just a hunch. And that, and that would be about the first time I picked up on something like that out of a future uh, futurism ad. I mean, they never list an author in these futurism ads. And then they even joke on their Twitter that this is not an artificial AI writing this. Ha ha ha. And, it, and I'm wondering, it's like, is this maybe, uh, is it? Am I not, well, I never looked into it. Is futurism wrote by robots? Like, why do they not list their, uh, their, their authors? I'm going to have to, I don't know. I'm going to have to Google that later, I guess. Cause I'm, I'm quoting futurism so often that it's just like, why, why can I not, uh, credit the author? I can't, I cannot credit these guys. What's going on? Um, so the chocolate chip, by the way, is, it, it's kind of cool looking. It's too hard to explain. It's, it's, uh, it's angular and it, it, it looks like if you look at it at one angle, it would just look like a flat square. But then when you look kind of like, look at it from the side, it, it has these, you know, polygon shapes to it. So I I'm going to have to check out this Netflix video game docu-series High Score. It says it brings solid doses of nostalgia and a history to fans. I'm definitely going to have to check that out. I don't know why I saved that article, though. Uh, oh, I do have... I got some some really gloomy shit. This was from a couple... Was this from a couple weeks ago? Well, oh, July 28th. Uh, physicists say there's a 90% chance civilization will soon collapse. Now, we're not going to dig really into the details because this is probably... Oh, it's actually pretty short. Um, the duo predicts the society as we know it could end within 20 to 40 years. In lighter news, Motherboard reports that the global rate of deforestation has actually decreased in recent years. Well, that's 90%. 90% chance, guys. 
And uh, if you're paying attention to the news at all, uh, this article makes a lot of sense. So that just about wraps up this episode. Um, yep, there was, yeah, that was, that was all the stories I had clipped. And I, I got, this is, this is probably it. This is probably enough to finish out this episode, guys. So here's the thing. This is, this is, uh, oh, the Lego Mario. I didn't, I didn't get, okay. So a couple things I wanted to mention. Uh, this year is the 35th anniversary of Mario, of Mario Brothers. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, I don't know exactly what day of the year. I, um, I, I didn't have an art. I, I think I had an article in front of me a while ago. But it, it's the 35, 35th anniversary of Super Mario Brothers. And so they this fall there's some remasters or some ports supposedly are going to come out to the Nintendo Switch so it's like man I swear every time you know and I've had a Nintendo Switch since about a couple months after it launched so I've had it since spring 2017 that was actually one of the first things that I got myself after I got clean off the drugs was a Nintendo Switch and I've had my ups and downs with it I've I've played it and it's it's also set for months and months and months and months and even more recently like I got you know, most recently, the, my last attempt at playing it daily or even just a little bit is um, I uh, I got Animal Crossing and I played it for like a week or two. <laughs> and then I, or no, not even that long. I actually, I didn't play it very long at all. A few days. I got far enough that I, I did pay off some, like the first two or three loans. Uh, I think the last thing I did was when I get back into the game, I should have like my first room. So is that that's like the first, like... You upgrade, and your main room gets bigger, and then you upgrade again, and then that's when you actually add another room. I think the next time I log in, I should actually have that room then. And then also uh, just completed everything to where you get your, like, third person moved in. You know, you have that first mission where you got to gather everything up for three people to move in. Like, so I'm super early into the game and then totally bailed out on it. So I know I'm going to go back in there. Weeds should be everywhere. I might have already, like, lost a villager and gained a new one. I, I don't know. I don't know. But now I'm more interested in getting back into the game just to see what all has happened than, than I am interested in continuing to play it. But as far as a game that I can pick up anytime and just, like... Be in, there's a couple games that are like this that I can just pick up and be in it uh, instantly transported to childhood and and let worries melt away is uh one of them is Super Mario World for the Super Nintendo another one is um Donkey Kong Country for the Super Nintendo. And both of those games are available on the Switch on the Nintendo Online thing. So I, I think I pay I pay like $20 a year, and then I get to play all these cool NES and SNES games. And those ain't even Switch releases. These are just old games. But they, they give you the ability to, like, rewind time. Like, you can stop and, and fix mistakes. And so there's, like, some games that were, like, brutally hard for the original Nintendo NES that I probably would never be able to... Uh, play as far as I'm able to now because like you can just literally like if you screw up you can rewind it it's basically like any anime fans out there anybody watches uh, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Dio's power Zawarudo the world where he can basically rewind everything that's happened 
a, uh, a few minutes back, something like that. I think it's something like that. It's been a while since I've watched JoJo's. By the way, my favorite arc currently that is out, and this, this is, a, I guess, a bit of a hot take, but my favorite one is part four, uh, Diamond is Unbreakable. And part of the reason is because me and Josuke have the same uh, birth year. We were both born in 83. So I think uh, I think that show takes place in 1999. <laughs> That's why the outro is um, I Love You or I Want You by uh, Savage Garden. Yeah, yeah. Anybody that doesn't watch anime is probably just like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? But so anyway, um, Mario's 35th anniversary. And so it's also my birth month. My birthday is actually August 21st. And so as of August 1st, Nintendo and Lego have released the Adventures of Super Mario. Uh, I think is what it's officially titled, or Adventures with Mario, or or Adventures with Super Mario, and so it's basically a uh, sixty dollar starter kit. And that's the only way you can get this little Mario figure. And instead of having like classic little Lego minifigures, it's actually large enough to fit, I think, two AAA batteries in it, and uh, it'll Bluetooth connect to your phone. It has LCD screens in the mouth, the chest, and the eyes, so he can be totally animated and talk. And uh, there's a sensor on his feet that interact with these uh, little things that look like QR codes that are on d- other characters or enemies or even like items and stuff. And and so it interacts with it. So all these years later, like ever since I was probably like six or seven years old, as far back as I can remember. I've always liked Super Mario Brothers, and I've always liked Legos, and I've always wanted them to make a crossover, to make Lego Mario. And so, yeah, I, I couldn't pass on it. And I don't have, I don't have the, uh, the starter kit, because uh, funds are kind of tight right now. So I did order uh, three of the blind bags. They're $4.99 a piece. I ordered them from Lego. And uh, what they are, they're blind bag minifigures. If you're familiar with Legos, uh, they t- they do these five to eight dollar blind bags where you'll get a Lego minifigure and basically like a mini diorama or basically like just a stand that they stand on. And so that's what they're doing with this Nintendo release amongst all their expansion packs that they have. And there's uh, ten characters. There are ten enemies. And uh, I got three blind bags, and I did get a duplicate, but luckily it was one of my favorite characters out of the ten. Um, so I have two spinies and a bullet bill. Now, if I had my choice out of the three blind bags, I would have got a bullet bill, a buzzy beetle, and an urchin. That would have been my top picks. So I did get the I did get the bullet bill. So I do got that. Now I just need an urchin and a buzzy beetle. And, uh, you know, it's kind of cool having two spinies, you know, they don't have a lack of two yet in any of the sets. And you can tell that they are trying to make this to where if you really want to be able to get every enemy and every kind of item, you would probably have to get damn near all of the sets damn near already. And I think to get all the sets, you're looking at like $500 or more. I think somebody's already did the math. I didn't confirm that, but that sounds about right because I've looked at the roster and they do have several sets out. 
and they, and they are just screaming to six year old me. But so I, I had to, uh, I had to jump on it. Uh, you know, cool little, uh, little decorations for the desk. They look cool, but I do, you know, uh, just having these and I, I, I think I am sold on that starter course, you know? Yeah, it's 60 bucks, but, uh, I mean, come on, what am I going to do with just these blind bags? You know, what am I going to do with just these? They're just screaming to be stomped on by Mario. So anyways, guys, that, that's all I got. That's all I got for today. It's a little bit of a longer episode and I, and I'm going to try to, uh, uh, keep making a lot more of this content and I, I do want to shoot for I've been saying this since the beginning I want to try to get two episodes a week the bare minimum bare minimum two episodes a week 20 minutes each that's 40 minutes a week um, but uh, a few episodes back I did mention how I'm not going to go back to like just trying to do 10 or just trying to do 15 or 20 minute or, or 40 or this or this or that you know I could have maybe a 15 minute episode and then next week it's episode be uh, three hours who knows who knows it's too early too early. And I feel like uh, the less restriction I put on myself about this podcast, the more content coincidentally is going to make it to you guys. So, you know, it's basically just, I need to stay the fuck out of my own way and I can keep doing this. Um, uh, I did want to, I did, I did want to touch on the Fortnite thing though. I th- It's just a little simple tweak that I started this morning and I'm going to keep going with it. And that is here lately, I've gotten myself into a rut where I get up and I, Fortnite's one of the first things I do. Like I get up, have my morning coffee, maybe a couple one hits, smoke a cigarette, and uh, you know, then I, I I play Fortnite. I'm not that bad at it, so a match takes twenty to thirty minutes, and you know, I limit myself to three. There's been times where I do one or two. But I usually do three, and then sometimes I'm feeling real heated, and I'll do up to you know six matches before I call it quits. But the point is, even if they were short matches, even if there was only three, and even if it's just twenty minutes each, that's an hour right there. That's an hour right there, and there's always like a ten minute break between matches, so there's an hour and a half right there, and. I, I, I don't know. I'm just I'm trying to stay away from it. I know the season's about to end. See, I've been playing this since summer of 2018. There again, Fortnite also at one time was a pretty good tool for uh, keeping me on this, you know, this uh, path in life of staying off hardcore drugs, you know, staying off opiates, staying off fentanyl, staying off heroin. Um, but now it's kind of like kind of getting to the point where you know, maybe it's uh, interfering on my other hobbies a little bit and things that I need to focus on a little more, like uh, this podcast here. So, uh, you know, am I quitting Fortnite for good? Probably fucking not. It's got its hooks into me, and it's the only uh, massively online multiplayer game that I really have any kind of experience playing. So it's not just a simple matter of, oh, I would play any online game and I just need to find a different one. It's just the time invested in that itself. I need to keep things simple. Maybe go back to the Nintendo Switch and play some Super Mario World. But anyway, guys, uh, thanks for listening. And, uh, you know, you can always shout me out uh, at Twitter, Gillian underscore Seed 83. Uh, I still don't have a uh, Gillian Seed uh, Gmail account set up, but it's coming. So, uh, until next time, guys, take it easy. Gil 
out.